This is The Straight Dope, Episode 10, Science Friday. What if I told you that if you were any good, I could predict how you would perform before the shot timer went off? Studies like this have been conducted and are being validated, and the bar is raising on the ability to predict performance prior to the actual performance itself. I've been scouring sports psychology journal articles and stumbled across an article on nature.com that looks at the performance and nonverbal communication prior to high-level dart throwers. And it will blow your mind, like mine, to see that people were able to predict performance based on nonverbal communication and stage prep prior to their actual competitive event. What this means is that science is proving that your preparation is more important than you think it is. And what you're not doing can hurt you. Because going in, having ironed out the neural pathways to the specific performance parameters is going to determine how you perform. So let's turn this around and think about it in a number of different ways. Think of something that you've done a lot. We already talked about peeing. We already talked about other things. How about brushing your teeth? If I asked you to go brush your teeth, would you have any doubts to your ability on brushing your teeth? Or how about driving your car down the road through your neighborhood and maybe drinking a coffee while you were driving and listening to the radio? You could probably stack a lot of complicated skills, not that it's a smart idea, but the better you get, the more you're able to do complicated procedures because you're investing the time and energy where it's important and you're not investing the time and energy where it's not important. This study goes on to show that the physiological arousal in the facial expressions of people stepping up to throw their darts has a reverse correlation, which means that, that people that had doubt or fear or any expression of of arousal, that, that, that the muscles were charged, that energy was being put into emotions that show themselves in facial expressions, had a negative effect on their ability to perform, whereas high performers had a neutral expression. They, uh, they weren't investing energy outside of that. They had no doubt or sadness. They were, their abilities were confident because it's something that they weren't investing energy outside of the particular task at hand. The other thing that went into it was the time that was involved in stage prep. Right, leading, You walk up, you got your stuff in your hand, you're ready to go. The people that performed better spent more time making sure everything was right prior to their performance. What that shows is a high degree of practice training and what I call confidence 
not confidence as in I'm going to beat my chest and tell you how great I've been and so on and so forth. It's confidence in a state that actually expresses itself as calm. Um, as a climber, a lot of times you, you try something that you fall on and you fall on, but when you're ready to do it and show that you can do it without falling, oftentimes that performance is preceded by a state of calm readiness. Like, okay, I've done this enough. I know what I need to do. I'm ready to go. When you ask people in high-stress jobs why they aren't stressed, it's because they've worked through it and they understand the procedures and the rehearsed elements that they're able to do in a way that it becomes subconscious and the fears kind of drift away off to the side. And if you put someone who hadn't been in that scenario, hadn't done the prep, in those, they'd be rendered essentially unable to perform because of fear and overwhelming sensations that are involved with that lack of preparation. So a lot of you might be thinking, well, great, how does this make me better? I think what it means is that everyone can benefit tremendously from rehearsing stages, dry fire at home, based on previous filmed scenarios of matches, of hunts, of whatever it is that you're training. You replicate them start to finish such that you iron it out and you're able to do those flawlessly and effortlessly on demand under a clock. And if you do that and you rehearse those, you'll start to iron out and develop that true confidence that goes along with high-level performance. Once that's done, when you step up to the line, you'll be calm. You'll know exactly what you need to do, and nothing is going to cause you to hesitate. Things that are commonly referred to as failure drills aren't anymore. They're simply a procedure that you conduct on the clock, and no real time is lost. All of your energy is put towards those fundamental components that require energy and everything else just falls to the wayside and our subconscious actions performed out of repetition. This is being proved in research and you can prove it to yourself by putting in the time and energy and training where it needs to be done. That time and energy is repetitive recreations of the things that you're going to do in a variety of positions under a variety of time constraints. Let me re-emphasize what I've already emphasized before, but all of these predictors are happening before the actual action itself. So a group of observers are able to predict the outcome of a high-level competition based on body language of those competitors before they perform. That means that the action itself has been ironed out, which means you need to practice everything up to pulling the trigger as a prerequisite for your performance. These people are able to actually predict that, and that comes from time invested in developing those neural pathways so that when you step up 
the neural pathways are going to where it's necessary and not where it's unnecessary. If you haven't, it'll be detectable in your body language and behavior. That is food for thought. This short Science Friday is something that I'm going to mess around with, which basically takes primary articles, scientific research, and digests them in a way such that we could think about our own performance and where we might want to go with insights gained from the world of science. If you like this and you like other podcasts, please share it. If you really feel like supporting the podcast, go to riflecraft.com and subscribe. It doesn't cost much, but it does go a long way to help understanding your own shooting because you gain insights and analysis that non-subscribers don't get. But even more than that, it helps support the podcast and the website in what would largely equate to buying a couple drinks a month Uh, hanging out and listening and talking about shooting, which is kind of what we're doing. Anyway, you don't have to do that, but it would be cool if you shared with your friends and made posts about how this podcast is helping you become a better shooter. And if you don't like it, thanks for listening. I'll see you around.